Welcome back to another episode of Be Here for a While. I have one of my favorite people on my podcast today. He's a... Oh uh, you are. Thank you. I talk very highly of you. Do you really? I see you very rarely, but when I talk about you, I talk very highly of you. I definitely would like to say likewise. I have always really? spoken very highly Thank of you. Yes. That's so nice. Hmm. Oh, anyway, it's I not surprising. I knew I invited you over here for a reason. <laughs> um, he's uh, he's 11... I'm just going to read your bio because Shoot. it's fascinating. Uh He's a Lebanese-American comedian uh, who's creating unity through laughter, and he will, he will explain this. Uh, you're smart, you're hilarious, and uh, you have so much insight about the Middle East and the world, and that's what a lot of your comedy is about, and it, I've always found these stories to be fascinating. Um, you've recently been featured on Daily Beast, Chicago Tribune named you one of the top ten comedians to watch, and you single-handedly created the comedy movement in Beirut, and you were on the cover of Rolling Stone in the Middle East. That's pretty cool not bad that's that's i mean that's pretty cool it's, it's rolling stone i mean yeah i i'm so obsessed with uh just rock stars in general and the magazine rolling stone that if i ever got on the cover of rolling stone i just feel like i'd be like okay i'm done, I'm done. yeah this is it <laughs> this is it well i got on rolling stone middle east and then i figured well there's still rolling stone u.s right yeah so you moved here to take over america when you'd already you didn't need to you could have just uh well i figured if i came here and in the middle east i used comedy to bring people together yeah so i figured i'd come here it's going to be a walk in the park here because yeah. America is so unified. Yeah. This was two and a yeah. half. This was two and a half years ago. <laughs> and then we screwed up. And then I, and then I was like, okay. <laughs> so this was a little more this? difficult than I yeah, thought. This is ridiculous. So, um, but no, it's, I think, I think it's good that I'm here during this time because yeah. I think my comedy will resonate better now yeah. when people can find that there is, uh, in the jokes that I tell that you can draw parallels yeah. with what's going on here right now. By the way, I just realized I forgot to say your name. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> never. What's your last name? I don't even know. Nemer. Yeah, I don't. I dropped the last name. My last name is Abu Nassar. No, I'm not even going to try. It's two words. Abu exactly. Nassar. Yeah. Nemer. There you go. You nailed it. Nimr Abu Nassar. Nimr means tiger. Uh -huh. And Abu Nassar means father of the victorious. So by oh, yeah, I could have guessed that. Yeah. yeah it seems, <laughs> seems like yeah, it translates. <laughs> I just dropped the last name because I didn't want people to come into the show expecting something. Well, they your, hear your first Abu. name is very distinct. That's it. It's yeah. confusing enough for them to be like, is he Indian? Is he Arab? Is he weird? What, yeah. what is he like? <laughs> Just some crazy? weird American name. Why is there no E after the M? And exactly. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? There's. A, I want their focus to be on the confusion of the name yeah. rather than, oh, he's an Arab. This show isn't for me. Yeah. Because I know true. that Arab comics you are. You don't really look all that Arab either. No, I don't. So yeah. I try to I try to make it like, you know, it could be a good time for you. Give it a shot. Come in a bit more open-minded. Yeah. That's why I dropped the last name. But you, I know you are clearly Arab because you walked into my apartment and noticed that there's a little bit of, like, Persian decor happening, which was not my fault. Uh, are you sure you want to stick with a little bit? There's Okay, so <laughs> I have a lot of gold furniture, right? But it's it, just the gold color. It was, it was fine but it's very until I moved into this apartment and the owner had put up gold sconces on the wall. Where there's absolutely no reason to have them where they are. But the lighting is great. Yeah, okay. And a gigantic <laughs> gold, I mean gigantic gold mirror was already in the apartment. And this I just, is true. But with the gold couch. It's a lot. It is. I literally, like, if your <laughs> name, if you, I swear to God, it's very tasteful, though, which is where you separate yourself from. Uh, Saudis and Persians. Yeah, because they have a, they do like rhinestones and stuff on things. They too. go they go yeah, ballistic. They go all out, they're yeah. like, did you realize I have money yet? No. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you look to the right of you or the left <laughs> of you? Because I, I have a shit money ton of money just on a table, so you yeah. can just see it. I just have hundred dollar <laughs> bills laying around. There's randomly. so much money. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any debt I could forgive? <laughs> just so, just so you could understand. So awesome. How much oil money I, I have? Like, hey, I respect it. <laughs> hey, 
Not <laughs> nothing against it. Just throw some of that money my way. I um I love your stories uh about growing up in uh Lebanon as a child and also uh doing comedy there. Can you tell me a little bit about Well, you you grew up there in in times of war and and mm-hmm. Tell me more about that, and then I want to hear more about the comedy. Well, if you live in the Middle East at any point in time, you're living during times of war. Okay, good point. There's, there's no, right? So unfair. <laughs> well, it's, my dad told me, he's like, I was born in war, and I'm going to mm-hmm. die in war. The funny thing about Middle Just Eastern war. You guys are war, so used to it. Like, it's yes. like, you're almost like, kind of like, you're numb to it almost. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say numb to it. It's just like. It's just it, a part it, of your life. It's a part of, it's like, it's just like Amazon.com is now for a lot of people. Like, yeah. it exists. Yeah. This is how it impacts you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the, my father, when he told me that, the funny thing, the difference between Middle Eastern war and other war mm-hmm. is that even though I've been through maybe 10 or 11 different wars, mm-hmm. I've never fired a gun at anyone. Well, so I, we don't necessarily fight in the wars. Yeah. We're just the They're battlefield. around you. They're just happening in the country, around the country, yeah. sky, ground. We just hang out at home, play PlayStation, <laughs> and wait for the war to end. It's a weird kind of thing when you Did live you in Did you have places. friends that ever were fighting in the war? No. The majority of the people in Lebanon will never fight in the war. Yeah. The majority of the people in Lebanon are like, oh, like, America and Russia. Like, leave my town? Yeah, like, America and Russia are having beef. Okay. They'll probably be done in a month, so just stay low. It's so crazy. And then America uses, you know, the American side is Saudi Arabia, and the Russian side mm-hmm. is Iran, and... And then that filters from Saudi down to the Emirates and from Iran down into Syria. Mm-hmm. And then Syria filters down into Hezbollah and then America, Saudi money. So the American strategy is, oh, you did that. We're going to pull funding. Mm-hmm. And the Russian fa- strategy is, oh, you did that. Now we're going to have Hezbollah launch an attack on Israel, which is going to have Israel bomb your country. Jesus. So it's just like so every now and then there is a war. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of jokes about it. Mm-hmm. We make jokes during war. The partying doesn't stop. So you're literally at your home playing playstation and or you're hearing bombs go off around we'll you. go to, we'll go partying and a bomb will go off in the distance and people cheer it Jeez. becomes a yeah it becomes a part but right now the result of all of this war and all of this destruction mm-hmm. over the past 20 years combined with the comedy i've been doing and yeah. other young people like myself in lebanon across the middle east starting to push unity uh-huh. um together the new generation is doing such a good job at learning from the mistakes of those who came before That's us good that lebanon is now Probably the most stable place in the Middle East compared to America. Mm-hmm. Lebanon's much safer right now. Yeah, I like, believe it. It's always been much safer except for war. Yeah. Which people laugh when I say that, but that's true. Like, there weren't any rapists, murderers, yeah. school shootings, none of that. Mm-hmm. There was just war, and you can hear war coming, so you can hide. But, um, I mean, really, but can you fully? I mean, yeah. Just go to the area where. Where the war is less, you know, like if you're, if you, okay, but what if, if it's the in war is like in your home, you just leave or near your yeah, home, you go to your, leave? yeah, you go to somebody else's house and wait for it to finish. And then just, because so if it's Israel and Hezbollah, then that means it's going to be Israel versus the Shiite Muslim area. So just go to a Christian area uh-huh. to be safe. If it's uh, ISIS trying to bomb into the country, then you mm-hmm. know the Sunnis and the Shiites are involved. So you go to either the Sunni side or the Shiite side, depending on, that's what we used to do. And how would you, how would you know? Oh, you know, we know. It just we, goes on the news? or No, we know. Like, right now, I can tell you that ISIS, I do jokes where I say America created ISIS, but uh-huh. it's not really a joke. It's yeah. ISIS equals Saudi Arabia, Sunni American. Yeah. And then you have Hezbollah on the other side. So whoever's coming into the country, whatever the motive, you know what's going mm-hmm. on. You don't go and walk into the area where uh, ISIS is going to have support. Yeah. But that's not true today because ISIS doesn't have support in Lebanon. Okay. They've tried. I mean, we have a border with Syria. Uh-huh. We've taken in a m- three million Syrian refugees mm-hmm. in the past three years. We still have no crime, yeah. still no rape, still no murder. 
no terrorist attacks. That's because we've learned so much from all the killing. Mm -hmm. So now, did you ever feel scared? This is a strange thing. No, really, not never. Is it just? But is it because you got used to it, or is it because, because everybody you just around always you is calm? No, because you're like imagine right now you and your friends go out partying. Yeah. And for some, I don't know, you're going to a place you guys have never been to before. Yeah. And all your friends are freaking out. I'm, I'm making just a simple example. Yeah. Then you're going to be like, well, geez, what's, what's, what is this place going to be? You're going to yeah. be a bit anxious. But if you're going to a new place just uh -huh. to grab drinks and all your friends are like, oh, my God, you're going to love this place. It's going to be fantastic. You're going to be pretty calm and your expectations are going to be high. Yeah. The war is like that place. And everybody that was in it was like, oh, it's, nothing's going to happen. It's fine. You're going to be fine. And you kind of like, uh, I guess so. And then after the first war and the second war and the third war. You but is that just your parents telling that to make you feel better? No, no. They're genuinely calm. Like, you can read it. They're, like, calm. We're still making jokes. Yeah. You know, a bomb went off and the windows exploded close by. Your dad's like, everyone okay? Everyone all right? Okay. Oh, God damn. Now we have to call that guy to fix the windows. He, d he doesn't stop talking. <laughs> That's the problem oh now. Oh, my God. Do you get what I'm saying? But so, like, okay, and but after you survive a few of them, you're the good. Street, mm -hmm. And someone maybe, did, did anyone you know ever die? Or did it just... Well, you see, when Syria, for instance, killed our prime minister, this is where it gets heavy. Yeah. When there's political people being eliminated, mm -hmm. they don't do it like, it's not like a sniper walks up and, and then yeah. walks up. It's like he has an armored barricade. Oh, so you we're told me this. Th this is a scary one. We're going to blow up the entire street. Yes. And then, then you lose friends. Yeah. So in and these has that happened to you? You've lost friends? Yeah, of course. You, you were right. Were, weren't you right by? I walked by that assassination maybe f a, a minute before it happened. Yeah. So what happened? They blew it up from the ground, right? They put about uh, two or three tons of uh, C four or something underneath Christ. the ground, and it, when he was driving there, they blew him. They blew everything to hell, killed yeah. 50, 60 people. But that spurred That's so scary a revolution in our country. So you missed that by a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w I it blew up behind me. But you're not scared. <laughs> you could have died. You could have died. But I'm not scared because at the time I didn't know I could have died. Yeah, that helps. That's true. Yeah, right. Then you just felt lucky, I guess. That wasn't a war. That was that was a dangerous period. That was when stand up started. Yeah. So in the first year of stand up, it was 14 political assassinations, an international and a civil war. That was going on, car bombings, all of that stuff. Explain when stand up started. You basically started stand up yeah, in the Middle from East from scratch. Now, did the is it is it that the government didn't want it or people just didn't really do comedy or no comedy? No, I mean nobody really did it. I mean they because it's know. a culture of. How many Italian stand-up comics do you know? None. And the reason is because the Italian culture is you become a doctor, you become a surgeon. Oh, you yeah, you're right. It's the same thing in Lebanon. But there's a lot of, like, East. Australian and English comics. Yeah, but not... But not, like, yeah, not a lot of no. European, not a lot of no. Italian or French. Exactly. Or, yeah. If you're an Arab, what, you want to be a clown? Like, well, yeah. I don't get what you're trying to do. You have to be, like, a doctor or an engineer. Is that what your dad said to you? Yeah, exactly what he said. <laughs> so when so I you want to be a clown. You're like, no, I want to No, I want to be a stand-up comic. And he's like, oh, you want to stand up and be a clown? That's, that's great. <laughs> Just was he was he worried or disappointed? Very. Really? Yeah, yeah. And and, and not easy to convince and I love that. Mm -hmm. I don't think parents should be supportive of their kids. I don't think parents yeah. should ever be supportive of anything a kid does. It, because if the difference between I mean, a my kid parents weren't overly supportive about stand up, but they didn't they were fine, but they were kinda like, Yeah, that's a great hobby. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. So are you gonna go to like No, I think parents should go that? I think yeah. parents should be like, That's nice, but you yeah. do realize you're going to fail because you're not a good person. Yeah. You're terrible at what you do. You're not that funny. Because I think if the difference between Well, my you parents are very, they're very complimentary though. But they just were not encouraging of it. They were more like No, I think they should go the extra step. Really? Yeah, because if a if you can't overcome your parents, then you weren't destined to do what you were supposed to do. I read a book about this though. Uh there, there was a guy who did my podcast named Rich Scheidner, and he, mm. he, uh, he wrote a book about the comedy boom in the 80s. He was an 80s mm -hmm. comic, came up with like Robin Williams and stuff. And he had a theory that 
people that become comics were raised one of two ways. One was they were, I forget what the word was that he used, they were a prisoner where they were like told they were awful or they were mm-hmm. had like they were abandoned by their parents mm-hmm. or they were a prince. They were overly praised. So then you're just like, I can do anything. <laughs> That's how I was. I was like, I'm just <laughs> I'm yeah, but you're fantastic. Funny. You're good. Thank you. The nice thing about comedy is that you can be praised all you want, but then when you get to stage. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like that. Have you ever heard that Jerry Seinfeld quote? It's comedy is the closest thing to justice. If you're if you're good, you survive. If not, then then you're done. Yeah, it's you actually it's, it's the purest it's something you can't fake. It's the uh, what I loved was an Arabic newspaper mm-hmm. wrote this after coming face to face with stand up comedy for the yeah. first time. They said this is an art form that is the noblest and purest art form. That's so because cool. Of, because of its honesty. Yeah. And I remember calling the reporter and saying, why did you, I love the sentence. I yeah. just wanted to see what his reasoning for that was. He's like, because if you're not funny, people don't laugh. <laughs> for true. him. It's so simple. But for yeah. him being in the Middle East where people are like supporting a politician just because they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And whatever he says, they're like clapping or whatever because yeah. they don't want to die. Because they're afraid. Yeah. yeah. Here they're like, there's this guy standing on stage by himself and people are laughing means you're good. Yeah. They're not laughing means you're not. And he, yeah. and it resonated to him because he had an A-B comparison. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because, like, the, yeah, they'll just – they'll clap for this person. They'll whatever. clap for whatever because yeah. this dude is whoever. Because they're afraid of him. But and then they're like, comedy, they have the Actually, they have the option they to – They have the option not to laugh. Yeah. Even if you – especially because you paid. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Like, you, like, you put you put $50 for this ticket and you're not funny? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why am I here? And they just sit back with their they arms crossed. They sit back crossed, with their like, arms crossed. Yeah, make me laugh. Exactly. So – they they picked up on it. Yeah, that it's and I love that they picked up on it. That's crazy. By the way, I know that it, you can only hear it in one ear. It's because it's. That's recording. why I put this to hear your voice. For yeah, me. it's because it's recording stereo. Mono on both sides. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And they fix it later. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> it's confusing. I'm, I'm, I know exactly what's going on. So, how did you start stand up comedy in the Middle East? Like, did you just started like putting I on shows? Did you know how to put on a show? I wanted to be a comic since I was a child. Since mm-hmm. I grew up in San Diego. Yeah. So before we went back, I was eleven when oh I went. Oh yeah, back I to forgot Bay. you. You grew up in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. Then when I was 11, we went back to Lebanon yeah. in 93. At the time, the Civil War had ended. Mm-hmm. And now we have a beautiful period of peace in the country, and it's so stable. But, yeah. I mean, Lebanon wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. in 93, when we went there, it was just so after the Civil War. Why did you go back? Because my dad was like, we need to go back to Beirut where it's safe. He yeah. felt that it was not a good place to raise kids here because of drugs. Yeah. I don't stuff know. like that. Yeah. So we went and San back. San Diego's a pretty big city. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger than Lebanon, by the way. Yeah. Lebanon smaller than San Diego County. We go to Lebanon, but it wasn't just me who had returned. Mm-hmm. All of these people returned. So none of my friends spoke Arabic. Really? They were Canadian, American, British, yeah. African, you know? I hear it's incredible. My friend um, Gina, whom you know, mm-hmm. I went to, who I went to college with, her dad got um, remarried and remarried a, a Lebanese woman. And he is like, I, I think, he, did he move there? Or they just have been talking about it, where he's like, he's like, it's the most wonderful, beautiful place. It's like peaceful. Yeah. It's peaceful. It's and like he's just a he's actually is he Italian? I forget what he is. I, I know her mom's it, Italian. Italians like, will love it. Yeah. Italians love but Lebanon. He very a, he's a guy from Oregon that was just like, you know what, Lebanon's the way to go. Every American that's come to the country, from comics to singers to performers, yeah, because the biggest acts come to Lebanon. I mean, mm-hmm. Name it: Sting, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like wow, name it. Cool. They've been there. Sia was just did there they have a couple um, months ago. Do they have military bases? In Lebanon? Yeah. Yeah, we have a military for sure. You mean American? No, have American mili- ones. Yeah. No, 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 oh. no, no, no. I was like, maybe I could go there and do a military tour, but never mind. No, they don't. They oh. don't. But there's an emb- there's the American embassy. They they bring comics. Yeah. No, I'll bring you to uh, Lebanon. You'll do a okay. proper show. We'll for do the, a show. All right. For that'd the be people cool. Who are more American than the Americans. And they're English speaking. So like you you do this comic. Is, this is my comedy is in English. I, I don't speak Arabic that well. Really? I mean, I speak it very yeah. well, but uh-huh. not well enough to do a show. How did you assume that they all would know English when they came to your show? 
that they would? Yeah. Well, everybody in Lebanon speaks English. Oh. Okay. Everybody in the Middle East speaks English. Yeah. In Lebanon, everybody speaks English, Arabic, and We're French. We're such scumbags. We just expect everyone to learn our language. Americans. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's, it's, well, the it's, internet it's, it's won. It's incredibly arrogant. But the internet, the internet won. Yeah. The tool is in English. That's why the language protects oh, you. That's true. But Plus, still. the language is very simple. Yeah. So if you, you know, it's not Chinese. Yeah, it's, it's not true, Arabic. But, but we're just, we're, we're, we're way too arrogant. Of course we are. Yeah. But. Like, I, like, I, I, I hate myself that I haven't reason. bothered to even, like, learn Spanish properly. I mean, I can handle a little bit of it. But, but why, like, why would you be so motivated to learn Spanish when the Spanish people are learning English? Because we're sharing a country with them. I agree. Yeah. I'm just saying from an yeah. American perspective, it's not necessary. But for the Spanish perspective, it's necessary to open up. American markets. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. The Middle East, unfortunately, it had nothing to do with that. It's because we all left because of war. Yeah. So when we came back, nobody spoke Arabic, so everybody had to speak English or else you're not going to be able to yeah. get okay, that whatever. Makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But in, in, Lebanon, in Lebanon, you have to learn English, Arabic, and French. Mm -hmm. In the Middle East, you have to learn Arabic and English. Everyone speaks it. Yeah. You can get by do just fine. you speak fine. French too? Yeah. Must be nice. You're so cultured. It's <laughs> I feel like I the look most like useless skill you could ever acquire is to learn French. That's what that's what really? I've said. Yeah. I mean, you. I, so I speak French, so I can sound a bit fancy every now and then. See, I feel like I look like someone that would speak several yeah, languages. Yeah, you do. But I you don't. Do. But I'm a moron. No, you're not. <laughs> no. You're just you're just <laughs> languagely languagely uh, I just challenged. Go, I went to a, linguistically I'm, challenged. I'm from a small town, so we didn't even have. I think we had maybe two two classes, maybe of Spanish that you could take in high school. We, there was not even an option. We didn't even have more than like we didn't even have a soccer team. Like so, like oh, wow. it was like you had football, basketball, and baseball, and I think maybe track. But like we didn't even deviate into cooler sports. We didn't have a lot of like yeah, language wasn't offered besides Spanish. And then in my college, I feel like we had to take Spanish, and I got I because I I almost got straight A's in college. Nice. I remember zero percent of it though. Of course. So I got I you know I got a hundred percent in Spanish, but don't remember any of it. <laughs> I just blocked it out. I don't know. Listen, it, it comes with use, right? Like if you're yeah. if you're not using the language, you're gonna you're gonna forget it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Um. So okay. So how? So you wanted to be a comic since you were a kid. But when how I got did to call, I went to the American University of Beirut, which is in the Harvard of the Middle East. It's mm -hmm. like a hundred and twenty year old institution. Okay. Gorgeous campus, and it is the American like. Do you have to pay for that? Is it like a private school? Mm -hmm. For oh yeah, is all are all of the schools? No, there? no, no. You can go to like state universities. Yeah, and uh, this one's a private one. Uh huh. Very tough to get into the whole thing. Yeah. My, my oh, that was your college, not your like not high my school. school. But my high school, you also pay. Oh okay. There's also public schooling, but it's pretty trash. Yeah. Now it's better, but I mean at the time. Yeah, I, I know. I went to a pretty trash high school. <laughs> our, our system's not there great you go. here. Yeah. Um. So I when I got to college, I wanted to do stand up so bad. Obviously, there are no clubs. There's mm -hmm. nothing. So I started hosting the concerts. Mm -hmm. So I went and I'm like, let me host the out. We had these outdoor concerts that would go on for like four or five days. Uh -huh. Ton of bands. I'd be the host. And in between would bands. You do sta would you do stand-up? I do stand-up in between the acts That's while they're funny. setting That's up. That's how people used, people used to do that in the 80s. That was how that guy I was just telling you about. He was saying he used to open for like famous rock bands and stuff. They used to put comics because there was such a, a comedy boom mm -hmm. in that time in, in America that they – they were just trying to find any place to put up comedy. Yeah, I mean, and they would close comedy down. is so low maintenance. It's a mic and a dude. Yeah, it's so and easy. a woman yeah. and a dude. You know, whatever it is. So they used to, yeah, they used to do. They don't really do it now, but they used to do that in the eighties. Well, comics for me, it was like bands. they'd get me and I'd host for four days straight. So uh -huh. I'd be jumping up between acts, getting a lot of good time and great time. Mm -hmm. And it was like it was boot camp. Yeah, because you go up, you bomb. You have to go back up. Because these people aren't expecting to see comedy. No, no, no. Yeah. And you have to go back up in like what 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. In front of the same crowd and now win them over. So it's like. 
How much time would you do in between the bands? Well, this is like this is a college organized festival. Yeah. Horrible. Sometimes it'd be oh, like because you're doing while they're setting up. While they're stuff. setting up, I mean, and yeah. something goes wrong, and then somebody trips, and then you have to improvise, and somebody makes a noise, and yeah. so it was great. Yeah, but fortunately, <laughs> I turned out to be camp. pretty good at it. Yeah. Um, it, to the extent that by the third time I was doing the third year, mm-hmm. it, people were showing up to see me and not the bands. Like it got that big. Really? Yeah. And like bands would be on stage that would suck, and they'd start calling me to come back on. Do you remember any of your first jokes? Well, you're not that old. This isn't that long ago. This is in 2001. Well, how do you? I'm 33. So I was yeah, a freshman. Yeah, but it's, well. I remember one of my jokes. So you've been doing comedy a long time. I have. But that was like, I do that, and then for six months, there'd be nothing. Yeah. Because it's not I'm like, saying? yeah, there's not like clubs there no you clubs. can go get booked at. Yeah. And I just kept doing that. I had this weird following of people who were like, they knew me because of the concerts. We're talking like 7,000, 8,000 people. And this is before crowds. social media was super big. Like that's before yeah, Twitter. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. How were they following you? Was it my, was it my space? When I went professional in 2005, 2006, that was, that was my space. Okay. I, was, it was, I, would start, I started using social networking from day one. Is that how people knew to come to your shows? Yeah. When I did my first show, I'd go on to their MySpace pages and post my pictures <laughs> in the comments section. Great. Yeah. And then get the word out. And then started building it slowly. And I was great at PR. I was going to say you're, you're you, well, part of your success or a lot of your success, obviously, is that you're hilarious and you're a very good comic. But a lot yeah. of it, too, is that you know how to promote yourself and you're a good business person. Ninety five percent of it is yeah. the promotion, not the comedy. Yeah. I, I think I'm not great at self-promotion. I get I think the I get world embarrassed. today, unfortunately, uh-huh. um, for comedy requires that you ha- you're a better. There's a lot of unfunny comics, if we're oh, going to yeah. speak honestly right now, oh, that are doing course. very well. Mm-hmm. That's because they're good at business. Mm hmm. I'm a good business person, but I'm not. I, I'm not. You're not good at selling yourself. Yeah, I feel like I get uncomfortable by it. Like I'm like, oh, people are gonna, oh, they don't, they're gonna just I think, think the, I'm annoying. I think the difference between somebody being good at selling themselves and not being good at selling themselves mm-hmm. is one realization that people that believing people can make money off of you. Mm-hmm. Once you realize people can make money off of you, yeah, you're no longer selling yourself. You're now giving them the opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah, that's true. You know, I feel that with my podcast where I'm like. Like, you know, I'm starting to get sponsors and stuff where I'm like, well, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm providing them a service. This is a value to them. And your comedy, you're filling up a venue. Yeah. You're selling tickets. And drinks. You're, and, and drinks and yeah. food and notoriety. Because mm-hmm. when somebody sees you perform in X venue, yeah. they're going to say the acts that come here are so good. It's going to help their brand. Yeah. And then you're going to help TV shows you get on. And you're going to help uh, uh, more and more things that you become a part of and movies. And yeah. once you start to realize that you're no longer selling yourself, you're like, are, do you want in on this or not? Yeah, is that's where true. It becomes. So I for got, me, when I, I started that kind of confidence, I do feel like that now, but I, I, for some reason, I'm just not good about like actively putting it on social media. And like when I have shows and yeah, you know, I well, forget. it kind of, it kind of helps when in the middle East, I was booking venues and having to buy the venue for the night. So you would have to front it and then you would need to sell the tickets <clears> to fill if it. If I don't fill it, uh, I still have to pay the bill. How much would you have to pay for? Well, if I when I did my first special, it was in a theater, at the at the the Casino du Liban, mm-hmm. which is like the Lebanese casino, and it's like this very prestigious. I love casinos. A thousand one hundred seating uh, venue, beautiful venue. And how many years into comedy were you when you did your first? Professionally, a year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. Did you I, self-fund your first special? Of course. Yeah. But there was no way that I, well, the radio station I worked with helped out. I'll, there's more on that, but I mean. I never got the chance to do a five or ten minute set mm-hmm. until two, three years ago. Until you before, came here. Yeah, before that. three thousand comics, so you before don't get that, much time. Every show, I had to do a full show. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. There, were no, so uh, there weren't material, other yeah. comics. Oh, yeah. Well, but there was a lot of material, but there was also a lot of 
terror for yeah. the comic because if you suck, did people, you did you bring an opener or were you, you was there not op- even there aren't there was any no one, openers. No one, you were literally the only. Comic. I had to open for myself, get the crowd warmed up, all of that, and in an industry that wasn't established, so people didn't know what they were coming for. Yeah, it was heart nerve wracking. It was the most psychologically traumatizing thing of my life Mm -hmm. and then after doing that for a few years it made me so comfortable doing anything yeah it's like going to war yeah because you have the worst circumstances every night a show for four thousand people but no spotlight a show for one thousand people but the microphone's fucked a show for what all of these circumstances and you have to deal with them yeah now i come over here to the u.s and the reason that i'm doing so well so quickly is because i get into for me it's like Oh, I just have to deal with competition. Like it's so yeah. non-issue for me. Yeah. That I don't nothing. I'm not nervous. I don't because it's like, I'm like, do you guys know you can go to a venue here and everything's just set up? Like for me, it's like <laughs> you were having to set it all. Oh, like in yeah, here. unbelievable. That's so, crazy. Um, by are, the, are there comics competitive with you here? I feel like you're such a nice guy. Like you're not someone that I feel I, like guys would like underst- want to see you fail. I don't understand. I have met competitive comics, and yeah. I'm like, why are you? Why yeah. you, would you want to compete with me? Because I'm the kind of comic that I want to book everyone on my show. I'm the same way. I'm happy when everyone makes it. Yeah, I'm so happy. Do you know who Andy Cozell is? Of course. So we were talking about this when he did my podcast. Because I always thought like I was an A-type person. Okay. In the sense of like I'm like a real go-getter. I'm committed, mm-hmm. you know. He's like, he's like that that means that. He's like, he's like, but you have the personality of a B-type person where you're not willing to step on everyone to make it. You want everyone oh, to yeah. make it. Definitely. Like you're happy. Like I'm happy when other people make it. That means there's more room for... Success like, for everyone. What, seven billion people on the earth? Can we relax for yeah. a second? Like, I, but most comics, he said, because he's like he's B type in that way too. He's like most comics are all A type. They're like so comics are not very good. competitive because they're not good comics. You think that's why? That's my my bottom. First of all, ninety nine percent of the comics are trash mm-hmm. in America. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm mean, seriously yeah. for every Chris Rock and 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 Louis C K and every mm-hmm. there's I mean Jesus Christ the amount of shows that I see where it's depressing mm-hmm. it's just yeah, absolutely it's offensively depressing to watch I even just saw Chris I mean Chris Rock's incredible incredible yeah. but yeah. I would just saw him he's been trying to work out his new mm-hmm. for his new special and like even someone like him who's a genius yes still struggles like would try when he's trying to write new material like yeah, I, not I'm all not of it works you know it was like he kind of would go off on tangents but then he would just say something that was like mind-blowingly brilliant because it's Chris Rock yeah but sometimes I wish I could see these comics that I see in the clubs and stuff like try a bit harder and for them they're forgetting that it's not getting above people that makes you great Mm -hmm. it's being great that makes you great yeah so here they're competing with each other because they don't want because they think the only difference between them winning and not is being noticed Mm -hmm. the real reality is being noticed sets your duration Mm -hmm. either you're going to get noticed now or if your material is good you're going to get noticed now or in a bit yeah. But if your material isn't good, just the fact that you got noticed, you'll be famous for 15 minutes and mm-hmm. that's it. You got one Sounds good like bit. Sounds like a Barry Katz line. <laughs> He's always says stuff like that where he's like... Uh, that's why me and him get along so yeah. well. He's ca- well, he keeps the being undeniable Undeniable. Yeah, I was just going to say, he's like, be undeniable. Yeah. But it's true. But, yeah. It's true. I, I'm doing shows and in going into places. Like, I did a show in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I, How big was the venue? Small. It was uh, Zany's. It was like okay. a 300 seater. Okay. And it it's wasn't not that small, but yeah. I mean, it's not like a, th- uh, a theater yeah, or yeah. arena or something, but it's Nashville. I've never been to mm-hmm. Nashville. I didn't know there were any Lebanese in Nashville. Mm-hmm. All of the Lebanese people came and the Arab people, all of them came. There were like 40 of they them. They were probably so excited to see you. They were, but there were like 40 of them. Okay. The rest of the show, because I did a great job promoting and publicity. Did you sell it out? Almost. It was wow. packed. It was a, it was a Tuesday. Too. So how did you promote it? What did you do? I went on radio shows, yeah. the TV, uh, do a lot of online marketing. I have great online marketing. I invest money. 
Do I you mean, do you pay other people to do it or do you do it yourself? I do it myself and I hire promoters and I, basically I say how much money can I make from this show? Let's say for the sake of the argument, I'm not saying that's how much you could make. Let's say I don't know uh, five thousand, ten thousand dollars to make it mathematically okay. easy. That means I'm going to be spending ten thousand dollars on marketing this show. For me, the first so wait, so you don't profit on it? I don't. I I either make zero money or lose money on a tour when I'm starting out. That's what I do in America now. I guess I'm. I guess I'm almost somewhat like that too because, well, you're for, building the brand. Frankly, you're investing what it costs in your to brand. Have a publicist, pretty much like. That 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 is yeah. that costs more than what I ba- I made on the gig. There you go. So if you're gonna get a publicist, which mm-hmm. you should have, yeah, and you're going to get for me, it's kind of like you invest money in your brand. If mm-hmm. you believe in yourself, yeah, eventually it's gonna pay you back in dividends. Oh yeah. So for publics me, can make a lot of money. Oh my god, to get to a so point. much. Yeah. Even if you're doing weekly gigs for three thousand dollars a week, yeah, it's great. That's still great money. Yeah. So for me, if I'm going to spend my money in my brand, I'm not losing money. Yeah. I'm marketing. Yeah. And I'm gaining. I got maybe 150 Americans who've never heard of me mm-hmm. uh, came to the show. Now you have a new, new followers. Love the show. They're mm-hmm. going to tell their friends. I got new followers. This is when my Netflix special or HBO special or whatever, if anyone takes my special mm-hmm. or if nobody takes it and it goes on YouTube, when they see it, they're going to know, hey, that's the guy. That's mm-hmm. how you grow. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do in places like Nashville. But for me to go to a place like Nashville, and be able to make an impact, that's what matters to me. Yeah. And I have to find out. And that's the only way to find out. That's cool. Did you self-fund your, your latest special too? And now you're pitching yeah. it? I was thinking about that. I was like, I, I don't know what. Cost me an, a fortune, but. Really? Uh, like a lot? Yeah. I mean, but here's. But you, the th- you were doing but a it lot at the Nokia Theater, but is that a, what it was? Yeah, but a yeah. lot less than what I hear comics get charged by the production companies. Yeah, that's true. Oh, so they get charged they by. They get the ripped off. I mean, let's be very honest. I mean, if a production company comes and says, or like, but they're they're fronting the money, but then they take it out of whatever. Yeah, the but sales the amount are. of money is ridiculous. First of all, it's a comedy special. You're standing on the same stage, in the same lighting, in the same clothes, with six or seven cameras fixed on you, just mm-hmm. switching between them. You don't really need a director to take fifty grand for the special. Yeah, no. <laughs> Did you have a director help you? No, I directed it myself. Yeah. We set the. I was like, I want a camera here, a camera there. We showed up early. So did you know which one to look at at different times and stuff, or were they just? I had enough cameras that were shooting me from all angles that yeah. I could just enjoy myself on stage. I had, yeah. and I it was always a great do. Show. Thank you. I'm glad you thought that. I, I have great shots of you. Yes. And you're gonna definitely be in this special, <laughs> making it look like. I focus on you because I'm like, look at the look at the women that come to my show. <laughs> look how great look I am. Look how beautiful these women are. That means I'm amazing. That means I'm amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You should laugh because women like me. Do you see this woman laughing? Shame on you for not laughing. That's why you don't have a woman like this. Very, very easy. Ooh, very um, I like Hey, it works. But um, that show, you know, to film it costs a lot of money, but definitely a lot less if you're the one hiring the camera people mm-hmm. talking to the production companies paying for the insurance because first of all you're not paying an agency markup yeah you're not you know you you you're cutting out a lot of people that aren't necessary uh-huh. and if you know what you're doing really some guy comes up it's like i need two assistants and you're like for what yeah. you're standing yeah <laughs> you're just on a tripod yeah i'm not asking you to carry a camera yeah why do you need an assistant and the dude who's carrying the mobile camera through the crowd is on his own <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should put him on the tripod. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, it, avo- you have to be like that. Yeah. You have to know everything about your brand. Mm-hmm. Everything from the graphic design, all the details to make sure that you have control. Because I think the worst thing an artist could ever deal with is like, had I done this or had mm-hmm. this person not screwed, don't let anyone decide your fate. Mm-hmm. So I've spent from 2001 till I, now. I totally agree with you. I think learning a lot everything of the, I need. The most successful comics do kind of take it into their own hands. Look at Kevin Hart. Yeah. Kevin Hart yeah, is a guy so I always smart. point to because, and I don't like to say whether I think someone is funny. I personally enjoy watching him, but it's not a, 
it has nothing. To, I'm not talking about his comedy. Mm -hmm. His comedy is great. I'm talking about his business acumen mm -hmm. is brilliant. Yeah, this is a guy who's brilliant. up at three, four in the morning every day. Mm -hmm. He's surrounded himself that's by like a little early, but <laughs> yeah, but that's somebody who's surrounded by himself by stable people. Yeah, his wife is a stable human being. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. He's not going for rock star bullshit. He works hard. Mm -hmm. His his like ethic like is that. amazing. But at the same time, he owns his brand. Mm -hmm. If somebody doesn't like Kevin Hart today, mm -hmm. some big network executive, and they come and they say, screw you, we want you to do this. And he says, I don't want to do this. They say, do it or we're going to cut you off. He goes, cut me off. I'll make a movie, post it on my Instagram, and sell millions of dollars worth of tickets. Yeah. He owns his brand because he's got a production company mm -hmm. with him the whole time, Heart Productions, whatever it is, yeah. Heartbeat Production. And he's doing his own thing, and he's out there because he knows he probably has five to ten years where people love him mm -hmm. in terms of the industry yeah. and then they might turn on him but yeah he can ride through it now see that's what's so great about being a comic when i first moved out here and i was just trying to be an actor i i hated the feeling of i had to wait for someone to say yes to me or to hire me isn't it the worst yeah and i mean i only i then i started doing well i went to writing school then i started doing stand-up and i was like this is the the one thing i can do where it's it's in my hands if yeah. i want to get up and do comedy i can get up and do comedy mm -hmm. any night of the week mm -hmm. it might be at an open mic it but might not be a show, but up. I can still get up and yeah. do what I love to That's do. That's power. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And to be able to be the master of your craft, you need to have that power. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. So that when you screw up, you screwed up. Yeah. And when you me. win, mm -hmm. you won. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Or you and the team won. Yeah. But even if you have a team, the screw up has to fall on you. Mm -hmm. You can't, because I, if I have somebody doing the audio for my show, which obviously yeah. you do, but I'm an audio engineer. Mm -hmm. I know what mics they're using. I know how they're setting them up. Yeah. I know everything. If it turns out screwed up, that's on me. Yeah. I'm not going to rely on them mm -hmm. for something so crucial. This is my livelihood right there. What do you mean? You Are you the one doing the audio engineering? No, I have an audio engineer, but I will tell him where I want the mics oh, I see, or I her. See. Yeah. And we will work together. you have to learn every side of the business. Yeah. You have to know every side of the business. You don't have to know that you need to do audio. You have to know that you need to do audio in a room that's closed that's this big. You're going to need these kind of mics. Mm -hmm. You need to learn this. Mm -hmm. Even if that means rolling up your sleeves and getting dirty. Even if it means screwing up. Mm -hmm. That's how you learn. Mm -hmm. But then come the future, I can produce a special that looks so spectacular. And in fact, the sound in it is better than any other special any comic has done. Mm -hmm. Because I've tried so many approaches. Yeah. And, and I know what I'm trying to do, and I know where I'm going, and I, yeah. I know what I want it to sound like, and I know how I can get it to sound like that. Mm -hmm. Those are two very important things. I wanted to ask you, too, when you when you started doing stand-up in, uh, um, were you in Beirut, or were you? I when started you in Lebanon, then Lebanon. went across the Middle okay. East. And uh, where, where did you come, did you come uh, in conflict with, if, with people that didn't want you doing it, like government, or, or, because you yeah. said, you said you've had negotiations with warlords before, what does that mean? Well, the warlord also has the biggest venues, because a lot of people launder money. Okay. So a warlord might be somebody who during the war was like a huge drug dealer. Okay. Has a shit ton of money, big connections, tries to launder money, they open up venues. Venues are cash oh, places. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess So you want to do sense. a show at a, at a venue, and you're sitting yeah. down with this guy who's probably killed quite a few people, or oh, had them geez. killed. And he looks not like a very nice... You're lucky you're a big dude. ...human being. I'm 6'5", it helps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've had people threaten me, send people to threaten my family. Oh, and my God. Yeah, so it was like, this was not necessarily in Beirut. Beirut, once again, is a more stable place. Mm -hmm. But even in Beirut, I've had encounters, especially when it was a volatile area mm -hmm. uh, in the Middle East, to be where people are, don't like the fact that you're not coming from somewhere. I'm an independent what does that mean? I rose through social media. Okay. So nobody controls me. Okay. I'm like Kevin Hart in the Middle East. Yeah, yeah. So I've had, when I went up against the media industry because it's controlled by politicians and it's controlled, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to unite people and I go up and I say, the media industry is rigged and kind of like a Donald Trump tirade, but it really is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ratings agency is owned by the same people who own the TV stations. Now, Hello. did you do this at your show or did you go on TV and say this? What do you... 
uh, I went and I did this for that example. I had a tussle with a media industry leader mm -hmm. who was filming an award ceremony, and I went up during the award ceremony and destroyed them for on a like 20, 30 minute rant, and nobody even like everyone was just like let it go. But it wasn't live. I knew they would cut it later, uh -huh. so I had my girlfriend at the time film it with my phone. Yeah, and then at six in Were the morning, you like presenting at this award? Did you steal the mic? I was the winning like the award. No, oh, it was okay. my award. Oh, okay. And I went up to get it, but I, I destroyed them in it, and then I uh, posted it online, mm -hmm. and it got much more viewership online than it than the ceremony got on TV <laughs> in the future. That's funny. And uh, it 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 it's, it ignited a huge confrontation between myself and the entire media industry, um, wow. which I won. Yeah. Very simply. Because mm -hmm. they, they were like, we're going to take everything away from this kid, but I can fill up a room. Yeah. So when you can fill up a room, it's like, okay, you can take yeah. away my sponsors. You can take away everything from me. Yeah. But I have zero debt, and I can announce a show. I'm a good comic, and yeah. I can guarantee that a 1,000 people will show up on a Tuesday if I, in a week. Yeah. So I have enough money to get by. Didn't you, didn't you have a situation where you got threatened when you were doing a show, though? I thought there was something where like they, they told mm -hmm. you to shut it down, and you did it anyways. Yeah. What I've done that. What if you got shot? What if you were on stage and like they just decided to that's like, take that's, you that's out? This is what's the nice thing about the Middle East. People don't shoot people because of the retaliation. What do you mean? If I go out right now and I shoot someone in the Middle East, yeah. first of all, it's not a very lawless place. You yeah. can't just do that. But let's say I'm, I'm some kind of warlord and I'm used to my old ways. Yeah. Chances are whoever you just shot, their family is going to come back and destroy you yeah. and your village. Yeah. Like the retribution, it can start conflicts that are almost wars. Yeah. So based on what happened in the wars in the region, mm -hmm. people don't do that anymore. There's just a lot of bravado so where wh people come and try to threatening you. Well, when you go up and you tell people stop following religion, stop following politics, oh, stop yeah. following that kind of thing. A little controversial, I guess. It gets a bit controversial. Yeah. But then you you so for once there was a, a time where I was at an event and somebody told me that if you keep doing what you're doing, we know where your family lives. We know where your whatever lives. Mm -hmm. And I got in a fight with these two uh, gentlemen mm -hmm. at the time. And um, I had to learn a lot of, you know, like self-defense, kind of like mm -hmm. martial arts and stuff for instances like this. Yeah. Because it's surprisingly easy to drop a human being. Again, you're gigantic. I'm Especially <laughs> when you're 6'5". But yeah. even, even you, Rachel, if you yeah. just flick a guy on the throat, it's yeah. good enough. Punch a oh, dude I in the throat. Oh, I think I'm scrappy. Oh, you could, I feel, you could take I feel out. like if someone attacked it's me, It's not I an I achievement. Be, I know a lot of people are like, yo, I could knock out somebody yeah. in five seconds. Yeah. It's not an achievement. I'm just, I feel like I'm someone that wouldn't give up. I would just, and I, oh, yeah. I think I would fight dirty. It's an <laughs> achievement when you're fighting someone who's like trained. Yeah. 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 Like if you're like, I took on a black belt and one, yeah. Yeah. But if you're talking about two thugs who are yeah. just like fat and big, <laughs> like, yeah, I dropped them like big deal. I just punched yeah. them in the throat. But then what I did is, is the throat the right way, place to best punch way to to okay. to, to, to hit to hit a guy balls. He can still keep coming. I'm a little afraid now that I'm single and like living alone that like someone's going to like sneak in. my. If apartment. you punch someone in the throat, they're not getting up. If you slap Perfect. them in the throat, they're probably not getting up either. I'm telling okay. you, it's so effective. Right in the throat. Um, and right. then I kind of dragged them out and then went outside and, and asked for like the dude who <laughs> was there with them was mm -hmm. there. And I said, let's drive over to whoever sent you. Yeah. And I jumped in the car with them and we went over. Because I know that they're not going to do it. I have a huge following. Like, it doesn't make sense. And plus, when you do something. You elected to go and meet up with the person. Well, that I sent can't. Them somebody just threatened my family, so I yeah. want to know who it is. Was your and family so mad at you? Well, it's not your fault, but. Well, of course. But I mean, at the same time, what am I going to do? Just take it? Yeah. So I figured, I went to the guy and I said, listen, I'm not going to risk my family for this. Yeah. If you want me to stop that bad, I'll stop. It's that simple. Yeah. Like, my family's where I draw the line. But tell me what the hell you got against because I'm not doing anything that controversial except telling people. 
be one. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if you're Muslim, Christian, or Jewish. Yeah. Love each other for who you are. Like I don't I don't get why you're so angry. And he was like, well, you know, this is dangerous because what you're doing is you're dividing people. It was so weird for them. The concept of unity, they thought uh-huh. I had some alternative motive. Like I'm from the CIA or I'm yeah. some kind of, I'm like, no, I want, and I just, we sat and had coffee Whoa. and sat and spent like four or five hours talking about my ideology, which is let's all get along because we're stronger as one. Did and he end up agreeing with you? He comes to all my shows, brings his family. <laughs> oh, my God. Great guy. Yeah. He's a great guy. <laughs> Minus the people he's killed. Great guy, though. Great dude. Yeah. That's the thing about growing up in the Middle East. You learn something that Americans have yet to learn. Mm-hmm. That if somebody doesn't agree with you, and maybe they're racist, mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're a bad person. Yeah. And I think realizing this, it's I know what I'm saying sounds terrible. No, I, I, I know what you're saying. I agree we with you. We have racist it's, people in our family. I mean, if somebody kills, they're a bad person. It's sometimes it's, it's the way someone was raised, and they literally just don't know any better. Which it and it, they, I mean, there are I guess people it's who are their racist fault for not don't like know going it. going out of their way to like be better people. But like, it's for some people they're they're not smart enough to to realize that. And there's also people where where they're just so afraid of what their family will think that they just keep thinking the same things their family thinks, and they they can't help it. Look, if you've been told since you were a kid, mm-hmm. if nobody told you that Santa Claus didn't exist, yeah. I mean, there's a good percentage. A lot more people would, would yeah, be like, it. dude, yeah. you totally fucking, where did the yeah. gifts come from? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just like, I've met people. I just hate the fact that a lot of people look at someone and then label them as something and dismiss them. Yeah. Just because you're racist. Yeah. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. I'm saying just because somebody is racist. Just yeah. because somebody is a jerk. Just yeah. because, doesn't mean that they too want a family, yeah. want to feed them. When you start thinking about it like mm-hmm. that, you see people as different people. Yeah, where everyone's I, just trying to survive. You might see that person day. as an enemy. I see them as a challenge. Yeah. I see them as, okay, this person's got it all wrong. I need to get this person, to ch- or we need to shut him down Yeah. or her down because yeah. what they're doing is endangering lives. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I mean. But when somebody comes up and says something, like I went to a show in Buffalo, New York, and mm-hmm. my Uber driver was a black man mm-hmm. who believes beyond a shadow of a doubt that Barack Obama turned his back on the Christian's of the Middle East, and that he's Muslim, and that he's harboring mm-hmm. Osama bin Laden with his harem of women in Hawaii. Jesus. In he's Hawaii. Yeah, okay. This is a black man, Yeah. right? This is, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the dumbest, most retarded thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. He was a really nice dude. Yeah. He, I invited him to my show. He came out. He loved crazy. it. He's insane, yeah. but he's... A still a, a nice person. Yeah. Just horribly, horribly misinformed because yeah. when, when, when a lack of education meets with a density of information mm-hmm. that is very incorrect but looks very credible, it yeah. can fool the best yeah. of people. Oh, yeah. So when you look at that person, if I was the person who was like, oh, that's bullshit, you, you're an idiot, yeah. we're not going to make any ground. Yeah. But I invited him to my show instead, and yeah. by the end of the show, he was like... Well, I certainly wouldn't argue with a random like cab driver. Oh, I wouldn't argue with him, but <laughs> I'm just saying when it comes to like, me... Yeah. I was able to flip that dude. Yeah. And I think a you, big did problem. Did you change his opinion, you think? I definitely changed his opinion on a lot of weird things that he said about the Middle East yeah. that were so misinformed. It was funny, like th- the extent where he thinks Pakistan is the capital of like Beirut. Like just like <laughs> he learned a few things. When you have that approach with people that even if they look horrible, mm-hmm. but they can still be reached out to, you're going to make a lot more progress. Yeah. That's why when you come and you say, if somebody says, let's say, give an example in American politics, they support Trump. Mm-hmm. and you think they're wrong for it, telling them you're racist or telling them you're an idiot isn't going to get you anywhere. Yeah. And you might not change their mind, but that's not a way to go about it. Well, and it's if not you a support very good tactic in, 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 in general. negotiating. In negotiating. Anything, yeah. And if you're a Hillary to to supporter... understand someone and then... If you're a Hillary supporter and you want... 
Trump to win, you shouldn't tell him you're just a social justice warrior, yeah. faggot, cunt, yeah. whatever word you want to use. Uh, to dis- No, what you should do is mm-hmm. just say they disagree and I have information mm-hmm. you may want to know. Yeah. And just be like, and then let's go eat because we all need to eat and then yeah. f- like fall in love and shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Totally. I just can't like when people get so radical or fanatical or whatever, I, I, I just I don't care about anything enough to get that crazy about it. Like America has been amazing at many things. Yeah. But extremism is not something it does well. Yeah. Extremism in America is very dangerous. E- extremely. Extremely because we have dangerous. All those crazy school shootings and church shootings. Like because you have extremism mixed with law. And I think arrogance. Like you have, no, no, but I mean, you have. So I can come out and be extreme. I can be a Westboro Baptist Church. Go yeah. to. I can go to a military burial, mm-hmm. and while they're burying the child of a family who died in the military, I can hold up signs and say, God hates fags, that's why your son died, yeah. blah, 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 and you can't stop me. Yeah, oh, so I see what you're the saying. Like we're allowed in, to do so The much. danger in America is that extremism can get out of control quickly because mm-hmm. it's so protected. Yeah. Whereas in the Middle East, if you show up to a, to a <laughs> if I showed up to a dude's funeral, yeah. And said, God hates fags. That's why your son is in the ground. Uh-huh. I would be killed. And the police would be like, well, he was an <laughs> he idiot. Would, he deserved it. And we'd all move on. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's a very rational. So yeah. you'll never have that situation. Well, I think that people, maybe maybe we just don't live in fear as much of like. It's weird. A guy slapped a priest in Lebanon. I remember uh-huh. years and years ago. A Christian guy. He just guy walked up and slapped him? Slapped a priest and tried to like attack him because the priest used to preach like I did, coming uh-huh. together. Yeah. And this Christian dude hated Muslims, like hated, for whatever reason. Yeah. Hey, maybe they killed people in his family during the war. God knows yeah. what. Just like, and I cannot explain to you the reaction from the whole country. What happened? Protests in the streets. Oh, my God. Politicians from every which direction, all religions on TV, going to the hospital. It brought the country together like crazy because everybody in the country feared the outcome of one slap mm-hmm. could end up dividing people and we get another war. That's how sensitive we've become to division. Then you come over here to the U.S., people are going ballistic, Yeah, and and campaigns are being run that we need to win at any cost. You can't win at any cost. Mm-hmm. The cost is too high. Yeah, But this is a country of debt, so who knows? <laughs> Maybe you're not used to it yet. But the danger is there. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm from the Middle East and America, but speaking as an Arab right now, yeah. I can tell you, What's happening in the U.S. is disturbing because we used to point to America in the Middle East and say that's how a country is supposed mm-hmm. to be run. You can have a difference in opinion and it's cool. But right now it's just like what's going on now? Where do you feel more safe? Definitely the Middle East. Really? Oh, my God. I feel more safe almost. Look, I'm on the border with Syria and Lebanon. I pick yeah. Lebanon over America any day of the week because when a conflict breaks out in, Amer- in, in Lebanon, mm-hmm. everybody gets involved and stops it. When a conflict breaks out, in America, mm-hmm. everybody flips out their cameras and films it. Yeah. There's a huge difference in that cultural thing to what's, push it up. What do you think about what's going on in Syria? Well, Syria is it was Beirut in the 70s mm-hmm. till the 90s. Yeah. So we saw it coming. Yeah. America and Russia hit butted heads. Mm-hmm. It started in Lebanon. They couldn't divide the country. It didn't work as a battlefield, and it spilled over into Syria. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's a shame, but Syria hasn't gone through what Lebanon went through. Yeah, Iraq hasn't gone through what Lebanon went through. Now that they have, mm-hmm. in 15, 20 years, good luck starting anything in Syria or Iraq. It's not going to happen. 
what starting a, another there's conflict? never going to be war it's funny but after things like this happen that's why lebanon's so stable okay because it was terrible before because we know what happened because yeah. we killed everyone and you, killed, to, and you want to avoid everyone it. killed everyone and then we're like oh you're still here yeah shit like okay but you guys weren't involved i don't understand the way war works is they will divide you mm-hmm. up so let's say you're um just to give you a small example palestinian mm-hmm. angry at israel mm-hmm. come into lebanon you're a palestinian you find support with the shiite muslims the shiite muslims harbor you you start to grow in refugee camps mm-hmm. the christians in the country start to fear that there's an overflux of muslims thus upsetting the balance okay where are these people going to go if they're denied entry back into israel uh-huh. you try to push them out a small skirmish happens one thing leads to another. One day, a bunch of Palestinians jump on a bus and massacre a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. Ignites a civil war across the country. Yeah. Now the country has to choose sides. The Sunni Muslims don't like the Shiite Muslims to begin with. Uh-huh. They're wealthier and more educated. Start propagating towards the Christians. The Christians start using the Sunni Muslims for their own gain uh-huh. because they just see the Sunni Muslims as inferior people, secondarily inferior to, of course, the most inferior, which for them is the Shiite Muslims. And then you start to see these weird divisions. Then the army splits mm-hmm. up. The Christians in the army go with one general. Mm. The Sunnis in the army go with another general. The Jews in the army go with another general. The, the Shiites go with another general. Now you've got a war going on. Why did this happen? Because in the very beginning, America disagreed with what Iraq might have said and decided mm-hmm. to pull some power away. An unready country for big power meddling can fall An into... An unready... Ca- oh, like a yeah. country not ready for... Okay. Can fall into chaos very quickly. Wow. So if you're in, if you're in, this is America. It's a very ready country. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how did Russia break up Crimea? How does Russia go into places and split them up? You pit the people against each other. Mm-hmm. Lebanon, you can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Why? Because the youth is intermarrying. The youth is living with each other. Mm-hmm. We learned lessons. The army right now, there is no regiment. They look at the religion and mix it up. Mm-hmm. So every regiment is mixed of all religions. That's interesting. The government is split up. The prime minister has to be a Sunni Muslim. The president has to be a Maronite Christian. Mm-hmm. The speaker of the house has to be a, a Shiite Muslim. That mm-hmm. They split it up that way equally so that nobody can break off and cause significant damage anymore. Interesting. And uh, I feel dumb asking this question. What type of government do you guys have? Democracy. Democracy. It's parliamentary. Okay. We elect the parliament. Parliament elects the president. Okay. Still, though, a lot of international meddling happens. Yeah. But it's much better than it was before. Fascinating. Do you uh, do you think you'll go back there? Do I'm, you think I'm like, going in a week. I know. I meant to live. Of course. Like that's where you'll. The American ambassador to Lebanon uh-huh. when he retired, bought a house, lives in Lebanon now. Really? Everybody who goes there. What, they, come, be there? Yeah. they don't want to come back to America, not because America is a bad place, Yeah. because America isn't a free place. Mm-hmm. This is very funny to say, but you go to Lebanon, mm-hmm. you barely pay any, pay any taxes. You own something, it's yours. The government doesn't come after you for it. How, did, how, do they, how does that country run? Weird, do, where's the money? Strangely. Yeah? It's, a di- it's, it's not actually, it's not that big of a dilemma. Yeah. Four million people live in the country, 18 million live outside. The uh-huh. money pours in from outside. How? families what do they what do you mean they, they just like donate the, money no the, if the parents their kids go and live abroad they send money back to the parents oh i see do you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah they come back they buy a property they you know there's always money coming in and then the country inside yeah. the economy is pretty strong you know it's a tourism-based industry we mm-hmm. get tons of tour- it's a beautiful country so people come ski swim all awesome. of that stuff so there's money coming in does your family still work your parents yeah my dad yeah. does what but does not do? that Insurance. He was a civil mechanical engineer who went into business, started oh, wow. insurance brokerage late on, mm-hmm. close to retirement, because he was like, I just need something to do. Yeah. Ended up making more money in it than he did as a civil mechanical engineer. He keeps that maintained. 
Did they come see you a lot? My mom's here now. First yeah. time she's been back to the U.S. in 21 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. My dad hasn't come back yet. That's crazy. Why did she decide to come back now? I invited her. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I was, was like, Mom, come spend a month with well, me. Well, you've only been here two years, right? Yeah. Okay. I was like, come spend a month with me. I got a place. Come, like, hang Aww. out. It'll be fun. Like, I miss my mom. Yeah. Straight up. That was the bottom line. And I figured if my sister's here, if I bring my mom here, then it'll be easier for me to bring my dad in the future because my dad's that stubborn. You're, so your sister lives here full time? Mm-hmm. What does she do? Fashion photographer. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. And she's doing pretty well, honestly. Really? How yeah. does she get her clients? Well, she, she started just like all of us, hustling. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you take free, you take on models that haven't started, mm-hmm. who have, aren't famous. Yeah. Right? Just got signed or not even signed. You just good like looking trade people. You for free or whatever. Yeah, you do a free photo shoot. You get yeah. to post them. And hope that your work starts to A, get noticed, and B, when it's good enough and you have a good enough portfolio and a website, it's a better industry than comedy. Once you have a... There's a lot, yeah, you know, there's a lot of successful photographers. It's a structured industry. Yeah. You know, comedy, there's a lot of bullshit in it, and then jokes are subjective. But pictures, you can, if the Mm -hmm. model is happy, Mm -hmm. and they say, this photographer treated me great, did a great shoot, and the product is good, people want to hire you. Yeah, you're right. It it is, comedy is a weird thing, too, where... And especially because comedy doesn't translate across the board. Like, yeah, you said it's subjective. Like, and, it, and it's, let's say I'm, well, it's pretty much what's happening to you, except for you are crossing over. But, like, let's say I'm the most famous comic in America. It doesn't mean that they're going to think I'm funny in oh, Europe, for example. 100%. They might just not get it. Oh, that, yeah, definitely. So true. And in photography, though, to an extent, yeah. to a very successful kinda, extent. I mean, it's kind of like... It's like this is a great shot. Yeah. The composition is great. There's rules. Yeah, there you know are, what I'm yeah exactly. There's no rule to a, yeah. to, to a joke like or a structure. Like, you know, if a photo's blurry, it's not it's a, a good a, photo. This is out of focus. The composition's yeah. horrible, and you're putting the, the, the weight of attention on the eye in the totally wrong place. Yeah. Or no, you're doing a great job. You're delivering great results. And pro- but then when you get, I think, to the elite, elite levels, that's when it starts to, you know, the personality mixes yeah. in. But you can do a great job and make a lot of money going in. But if you have personality to boot, it actually mm-hmm. gets you very far, very quickly. Fortunately for my sister, she seems to be, I'm trying to speak as unbiased. I think she's yeah. the greatest photographer in the history of mankind. I want to see some of her stuff. I'll show you. Her website's incredible. Awesome. Let's plug it. SuddenlyMaria.com. All right. Check it out. SuddenlyMaria.com. I need incredible. some new photos. Maybe I'll hire her. Oh, my God. She, uh, we, you're family, so you wouldn't <laughs> hire her. But I'm just saying, she's like my favorite person on the world, so uh-huh. maybe I'm biased. Go check it out for yourselves. But she's got something, and I know she does. Really? I'm 100%. Oh, I'm excited to see it. And she's very hardworking. Mm-hmm. So I think those are great combinations because I meet a lot of talented people. Is that people. common of uh, Lebanese people? Or are you guys typically pretty hardworking? Yeah. Lebanese people are hardworking. Yeah. They're very entrepreneurial. Yeah. You'll see them everywhere. And I they, love that. They love to prove themselves because mm-hmm. our parents never believe in us. Mm-hmm. So we're always trying to, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like we're always trying to and prove ourselves to like ridiculous extent. Do extents. your parents accept comedy now that you're Oh my God, yeah. Now they think I'm the best thing Yeah, ever. they're like, this was my idea actually. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I encourage you My dad's you like, I this. always told them, follow yeah. your dreams. You know, now look at him on the cover of Throwing Stones. <laughs> throwing Stones, how many sides? No, I like making that joke. I'm like, dad, no, that's the ISIS magazine. It's the wrong magazine. You're giving it away. Um, they, they're, they're, just they're constantly worried. They're mm-hmm. drama queens. Yeah. Arab people in general, but the like parents, ethnic yeah. parents, like Italian parents. Yeah, like, oh, constantly my, worried. Oh. oh, like they they will. If, my mom calls me five times a day. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. If you don't answer the phone, mm-hmm. it's not like oh she's taking a shower. Oh yeah, she's, she's like it's like dead. she's been raped. Yeah. And maybe maybe still alive. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But she's died a horrible death. Yeah. It's hundred percent true. Terrible. Hundred percent true. Terrible death. Mm-hmm. And none of their stories from their childhood are nice. Yeah. If you sit down with your parents, <laughs> so none true. of them. It's, it's so like true. I used to uh, to get to school 
I had to like go through, you know, the, the, I had to pick up a car and carry all my shoulders, and <laughs> and then I had to go fight like, people That's on not the street. Impossible. Yeah, just crazy. And we've heard a million of these stories, but it's true. Like ethnic parents, their whole life is just horrible. It's just hard. Maybe they had a great life, but, but they, they never but they want you. They don't want you to take it for granted. Have your parents ever? My parents yeah. have never told me a great story. My <laughs> mom has. But that's because she grew up in London. But actually, my, I don't think mine either. Do you get what I'm my saying? My mom tells me the story of her dad. Like, for some reason, her dad was like fascinated with the Manson trial or the Manson murders, <laughs> and she she's told me this story probably ten times that he drove that he drove him past the house where Sharon Tate was murdered, and she still remembers where that she saw. Like, and that's a great blood. memory for her. She, that's, Isn't that yeah, funny? And she's like she's, but that's why she says that she's like paranoid now because he traumatized her. <laughs> <laughs> and he drove him past where the, the courthouse was, and the ladies had, like, the swastikas, oh like, put in their head. I'm like, that was, yeah, it sounds terrible. <laughs> the, no, that's listen, your memory? It's, it's funny because you'll meet all these people, especially parents, mm -hmm. who somehow feel that to inspire their kids, they have to constantly tell them, the wor like, this is the worst thing yeah. that could ever happen. And it happened to me, and I survived, but only because God... Yeah. Was there looking out for like they make it look so bleak. Yeah. That for you to succeed, literally a deity <laughs> will so have funny. to intervene so you could get groceries. What like my it? mom puts crosses in my car. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because she like says just randomly like when you open up, like, I'll a find a cross. I'm like, like ah. where would this cross come from? <laughs> She's like, I just want to make sure you stay safe. What about my driving skills? <laughs> what about what about You're my like, That's eyesight? Issue. You should be telling me not to text on my phone when I'm driving. Do you get like, what I'm saying? Yeah. And, but no, for her, it's like, well, if you don't have a cross, there's nothing I can do for you because this world is such a terrible place. Yeah. And then they're confused why we <laughs> grow up j like jaunted and a bit like, you know, jaded. jaded. So, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we have this weird. What did your dad, didn't you ask for, a, I know it's in your jokes, but it's a true story. Didn't you ask for a bike as a kid or something? What's his, Oh, that's, that story. <laughs> that story per se isn't a literally, literally true story. It's a, it's a true, it's happened with everyone's story. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Because Arab parents, much like ethnic parents, if they want to tell a kid, no, they're going to say it in a way that's so violent and aggressive that you'll <laughs> never ask for anything again. Like they'll they make just you want to scare you in general. In general, like they'll link everything in the pro like all the problems in the family are because of you. And now you have the audacity to request this on top of <laughs> everything we're doing to put up with you, you six year old demon. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's like don't you see? So like how could you come and ask me for a bicycle <laughs> when you clearly can see that your father is going to work from like dawn till dusk? to bring in this much money and they share details with you and we yeah. have to pay this much. And you're like, I just want a bike. You're like, I'm sorry. I, I, asked. I just want a bike. And there's the again. civil war you're in like, I don't Syria. Even need to eat. I don't even need Oh to my eat. God. I don't. Yeah. And there's this and then the food and then you don't even eat your whole sandwich. <laughs> when I was a kid, my, I didn't even have sandwiches because bread had cockroaches in it and we had to take <laughs> the cockroaches out. And it's just like, and by the time they're done like, what saying does this no. What to do with the bike? No, no. By the time they're done saying no, you forgot that you wanted a bike. <laughs> And then they'll always at the end. But if you're good in school, yeah, maybe we can get you a bike. Like they'll give you a thing, and oh, you're so like, I don't want the money. Just if I'm good in school, yeah, I'm like, I don't want the fucking bike. Like I don't want the bike. I don't want to be responsible for Armageddon. You're afraid of bikes. <laughs> just like have PTSD. You'll never like, ride a bike straight yeah. again. It's just like that's how they are. It's it's like because they've seen so much hardship. Italians, mm -hmm. which I know is your background, yeah, are the same. They've had Mussolini, extremism, yeah. fascism, and and war. They want to make sure you're prepared for the worst case scenario because mm -hmm. that's how that's what makes them happy yeah. that their kids are going to be okay and the only way they can be comfortable that their kids are okay mm -hmm. is if they're ready for literally Anything. armageddon yeah like literally and not in a southern american weird mm -hmm. like it, texas build a 
yeah. build a safe house kind of ridiculous way. Yeah. Like, uh, I can survive poisons. Yeah. From this. But, like, never feel sorry for yourself. Never feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. Nothing is going to come easy. If you get something, it's because you were lucky, not because you're good. Uh, you got married. He's going to cheat on you. Uh, she's going to cheat on you. Um, the kids are going to be terrible. This is what they're going to keep telling you. Mm-hmm. And in the Middle East, we have sayings like when you get a, when you get, when you, when you were born, mm-hmm. parents will tell you like, uh, uh, congratulations. I'm trying to translate it, but looking forward to the graduation. Mm-hmm. When you graduate, they say looking forward to them getting married. When you get married, looking forward to the kids. When you get the kids, looking so forward, looking forward to you staying alive on top of them. When you, when they, when they, oh when they graduate, looking forward to them burying you. These are sayings. It's really intense. Yeah, women, mom, moms will express love by telling the kid "Toborni" or "Tobrine" for the woman, which means mean? "May you bury me." Like I love you so much, I can't live without you. I hope I die before you. In one word, that's the culture. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's, it's a so very intense. beautiful. Yeah. Even when like I'm with my girlfriend or something, if but I want to, sometimes t- you just don't want to hear that kind of thing. You're just like, I don't. But it's, think it doesn't. About death. Like, you don't think of, but you, that's second. the dangerous thing. It's you don't even think it's become yeah. a part of you. <laughs> like I'll look at my You're girlfriend like, oh, and I'll nice. and if I want to tell her I love her, like I really love this woman. Yeah. I won't say like I love you so much. I'll say, if I'm going to translate literally what I'll say in Arabic, it would be, may you bury me. You take my breath away. I wish I could rip your arms off and beat you to death. <laughs> Do you really say that? Yeah, but it sounds so endearing. Perhaps and the woman will date, be like, I love you too. don't date American women and uh Well, and, I, uh, and, I, you know, it would get lost that. in translation. Yeah. Here I just say your eyes are very pretty. And I'd love to look intense. at them for the rest of my life. And then when they're married, I'll start using my Arabic things. It's like, I love you so much. I can't wait to punch you in the gut. It's going to be, so, oh, I just want to punch you sometime. But Americans do that too when they see babies. Yeah, they're like, like so oh, I could eat them. Yeah. I could eat them up. Yeah, but the, the, the Arabs are like, I could eat them and torture them and like throw them off the balcony and then drive over him. This kid is so adorable. Take <laughs> 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 a little more extreme. You know, yeah. <laughs> do you normally date uh, Lebanese girls or Arabic girls? Uh, I, well, when I was in the Middle East, obviously. Yeah. But um, when I came here, I loved dating American women because, holy shit, they're so sweet. Do you sweet. have a girlfriend now? I do. Who well, I, I feel like I never hear about you dating people, so yeah, you might probably well, I mean, have a girlfriend. Because in the comedy scene, everyone knows when people are dating. Right, I'm more of a private kind yeah, of person. Yeah, that's good. But um, I dated American women, uh, obviously before this girl, mm-hmm. uh, who's Lebanese, who I met the day after I told my parents, there's no way in hell I'm ever dating a Lebanese girl again. Because <laughs> I was like, I've been to America, and I, I don't know what the, like, this is ridiculous. Like, these women are amazing. Yeah. And, and like, women like you, women like, because not only will you be beautiful, but you'll also be very nice. Yeah, Where are Lebanese in women the Middle East. Nice? If you're beautiful, it's like holy, like drama, oh, high maintenance, like yeah, we're like just you like, to, like bow down insanity. To them. And then I was like, American women are like because they like work mm-hmm. and they like understand bills and responsibility. Like it takes a lot of pressure off you. Like I don't have to. She can be happy if we go grab a beer. Yeah. Whereas if I'm in Lebanon, I have to take her out for like sushi at like <laughs> Nobu, like just to get her like to say like, oh, that was a nice evening. I'm a, maybe I'll adopt the Lebanese way. Listen, you, you find a Lebanese guy, you're going to be people. good. I'm like, we can just do whatever. I, br- I take an American like, girl out. I'd be like, I don't care. what time do I pick you up? And they're like, from where? I'm like, from, from your house. And they're like, why are you going to pick me up from my house? And for me, if I even asked a girl in Lebanon out and didn't offer to. Yeah. Take her up. It's like, what, are you? You think I'm gonna go out with you? Like, not only do you pick me up, but you drive me back home. Like, it's a. Do you, <laughs> you know come and you meet my dad. You, yeah, you meet my parent. Like, this is how it's gonna happen. Like, it's just. So. How did you meet your girlfriend? At a party. Uh, like with other Lebanese people, or did she yeah. just happen to be that? No, she was just there, uh-huh. and I saw her, and then it was just like it was one of those you tunnel like, vision yep. moments. 
That's awesome. Yeah, where I was like, oh shit, I'm screwed. <laughs> Negative kind of person. Yeah. Not like, oh, I, oh. Yeah, like, God damn it. I like, I was like, her. oh, motherfucker. Like, that was kind of the, I remember <laughs> from that era of conditioning. Not like, how nice. You're just like, fuck, yeah. now I gotta take care it's of It's kind of like, you're hot. Do you wanna go out? Jesus yeah. Christ, yeah. this yeah. is it's so like, shitty. You're like angry. It was like, it was a weird, <laughs> it was a weird feeling. Now you're fucking my life up. This is horrible. It's like, oh, are we, are we gonna, like, have kids and, oh. <laughs> you're faithful? Fuck. fuck like, it's yeah, like, nice and pretty. Ah, oh, shit. It's so true, but I mean, um, in general, that was like, I'm not saying all Lebanese women are high. Yeah. I mean, I don't want people to think that, but it, it, it's, it used to be like, I just think American women get a bad rep. Mm-hmm. Um, About like, for what being? Because American women in the movies are always overly dramatic. Yeah. And you see a lot of, so I'm growing up in Lebanon watching, I don't know, and any of these movies with a yeah. woman in it, and it's always this crazy ass, yeah. meaty, clingy. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's yeah, totally. the char- cliche character. It's the, yeah. f- it's the uh, feminist movement that's trying to push back against that mm-hmm. right now. It exists. I mean, yeah. that's what we would see. Uh, what was that movie with Mel Gibson where he, um, What Women Know? What, what Women Want. What Women Want. Yeah. The women were f- batshit crazy in that movie. Like, most I, of them. I sort of I remember it, but not totally. Yeah. Which was good because that was, that's kind of like, <laughs> like it gets yeah. you ready as a man for. So you're just like, oh, maybe I shouldn't date them. It's basically movies made by Arabs because it's like the worst case scenario in all of the thing. And then so that's funny. what you're ready for. Um, and then I came here and I'm like, this is very nice. Really and then nice. like I broke up with her. She didn't burn my house down. Yeah. Uh, the American girl you dated? Yeah, I was. You were expecting I dated like, several. Yeah. I was here she for like. She slashed my tires. She slashed my tires. Um, we stayed in touch afterwards. <laughs> she didn't show up at my house at three in the morning. Like it was a very. You know, no, I'm friends with all my exes. And then, and then I went out with another girl. She didn't get killed by the other one. Nobody tried to rock the cradle. Do you know what I'm saying? Like nobody yeah. tried to. What was that movie? The hand that hand rocks, rocks the, the cradle. cradle. Yeah. Like, holy shit, like, that's the, like, like, I was like, these women, these American women are insane. Your, your parents really geared, geared you for worst case scenario. I'm telling you, these were the movies we'd watch. And then every time there'd be a great woman, she'd get killed. There's never like been a movie? great woman in, in movie. Like, like in The Godfather? Yeah, <laughs> like The Godfather <laughs> killed. Uh, Mel Gibson in, in William Wallace. What was that? The, uh, the, Braveheart. Braveheart. Yeah. She gets killed. Uh, you All these women... You get a great woman. She's like, oh, she loves him. She, she, she's such a good wife. She stands by her husband. Killed. <laughs> Horrible woman. Makes it to the end. Like a Penelope Cruz in Blue. Yeah, like every time. She was great. And then she was a psycho. And right? So if you're a young girl, you're like, I'm just going to be a bitch so yeah. I can live. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we found parallels. I never thought go. about this, but we found parallels that with Arab thinking in American cinema. That is really funny. How are, they, how are women portrayed in... A, in a, uh, Cinema, where you're from. In the Middle East? Yeah, it, Middle Lebanese East. cinema and Egyptian cinema differ greatly from... There really isn't Saudi Arabian cinema. There is now. But Do you I guys mean, have entertainment at all? <laughs> in Lebanon, it's... I swear to God, and I'm not exaggerating, mm-hmm. the Los Angeles party scene and the New York party scene is pathetic Yeah. compared to Lebanon. We, we, well, we, we close early here. You I mean, clo- not A, you close early. York, but B, the entertainment value is very weak. Unless you're yeah. going to watch a show. Yeah. Incredible. If you're yeah. going to watch Broadway, what... Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? But I mean, like, just normal go grab a drink kind of yeah. stuff. In Lebanon, it's just... It does just get old quickly. It's like, but we don't have anything cool No, here. and then you can't, like, walk out of the club with your drink in your hand or anything. Mm-hmm. In Lebanon, I can walk out, you cross the Vegas. street, see a police officer, give him a drink, walk into the next... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, see, I gotta live in a place like that. Beautiful. Yeah. It's just wonderful. And then the party starts at 11 in the evening. You cruise all the way through to like 7 a.m. Yeah. You're buzzing alcohol. It's a good vibe. I'm People not good at staying care. awake that late, though. But maybe I'm just. Oh, not, you get used to I'm it. I'm not prepared for it. Yeah, you're not we, prepared for it. Yeah, I d- when I first came here. here, I was like, I'm going to go out. We're going to hit the town. Yeah. I got ready. I took a nap. That's what you do there. You take a nap in the evening. Yeah. You wake up at like 9, shower, you get dressed. 
You jump I in the start car. drinking at like noon here because it's I ridiculous. know I gotta be in Everybody, bed. By I went like out. I'm like, what is, why is everything closed? Yeah. What is this? The only option is is like a Wendy's. This is yeah. horrible. So in terms of Lebanon entertainment, it's mm-hmm. insane. Uh, and just DJs. Is it expensive there live, to go no, out? No, that's the thing. You, it can be. Mm-hmm. You can drop one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and you can drop fifteen dollars, yeah. and you might have more fun dropping the fifteen. Really? Yeah. It's it just and there's and it's top notch for everyone. It's mm-hmm. like triple A quality everywhere. People, it's a services place. They're yeah. geared like towards you said, like big tourism and stuff too. And it's uh, the culture. It's hospitality. You take care of the guests. You make sure they have everything they need. You. Mm-hmm. That's why here it's hard for me to sell tickets to my people mm-hmm. because they're used to when an Arab comes over, they don't go online and buy tickets. The promoter yeah. calls them, hooks them up, oh, gives them a makes discount. Them feel special. Don't have to pay now. Pay me yeah. later. Sends them the tickets to their house. Do you need a car? Like, it's like wow. set up. You get to the venue, you're like royalty. I gotta go to and here I'm like, go to nimmercomedy.com and buy tickets. And they're like, fuck no. Like, it's so rude. <laughs> get, why, why am I yeah. buying tickets? Why am I going to my way for you? My cousin knows you. Yeah. I'm not going to get an invite. That's so Do you know funny. what I'm saying? Like, it's just <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, you guys, I, I, need to, I need to go there. It sounds, it sounds. Rachel, you'd absolutely love it. It's, a, it's an adventure. Yeah. I think a lot of people love it because it gives you a sense of independence of adventure. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. What um what's next for you? So um, you just finished a tour. Just finished the tour. We're definitely going to do another tour. Mm-hmm. More cities. Will you do all new material? Already. So the way I do it is if you watched me, you watched the show in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. If you watched the show in Irvine, which is still the same tour. Yeah. You'd only recognize about a half of it. Oh, really? So you, you change it up. I change on the road and yeah. I start to kind of shift into the new show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now that I'm done material. and that half, I'll try a different half in different shows. Uh-huh. And then when I hit, uh, when I start the tour again, it'll be a brand new show for whoever was in that city. By the time I get back to Irvine, mm-hmm. it's going to be a brand new show for you in Irvine. Yeah. But if you were six shows ago, you might've heard it. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like a living, breathing organism that keeps changing. But the name of the show changes. People, do you get where people want to hear like your classics mm-hmm. that like, came to, mm-hmm. do they get mad when you don't do it? Why didn't you? Yeah. yeah. They come up and they're like, Why? but y- I'm proud to say that my shows are usually good enough that they don't get yeah. mad. They just say, I wanted him to hear or her to hear that joke. And I said, go online. I post Yeah, it. that is usually how it goes where yeah. like you bring someone to a show and you're like, you're going to love this joke. I love this comic. And then they don't end up doing it. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. But then if you do the, here's the nice thing, the funny thing. Mm-hmm. If you do do those jokes, then they start saying you repeat material. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they don't have anything new. <laughs> so I'd rather they complain that I didn't repeat stuff. Yeah, that is probably better. And they then they complain that, that, that I do. Yeah. I do a new special every time I tour. Okay. So the last one was about perspective. The mm-hmm. one you saw mm-hmm. it was based on the power of perspective. Yeah. The next one is based on the power of hate. Okay. And how beautiful and wonderful and healing and bringing together hate can really be. W- explain. <laughs> My whole understanding of life is that love is not the answer. Okay. This whole Why? love trumps hate is the biggest bullshit I've ever heard in my life. Love doesn't trump hate. There okay. isn't war in Syria because people excessively love each other. It's not like, I love you so much, I'm going to kill your yeah. family. Even though well, we, I mean, I was like, I mean, I was like you basically <laughs> did just say that. Yeah, we just say it. We don't actually do yeah, it. Yeah, you don't but mean it's, it. It's kind of like, okay, let me put it for you th- to you this way. If you were fat, this would have been easier <laughs> for me to... It's okay, I used to be. Did you love being fat? I didn't notice. I thought I was awesome. I didn't okay. know there was an issue. Okay. <laughs> Did, so you never had a feeling, I'm going to try to find something that I can relate to with you. Okay. When you started doing comedy here mm-hmm. and you had to go, we s- discussed this. You said, I have to go to get time. I had mm-hmm. to basically like hustle just to get time and whatever. Yeah. And I said, yeah, power over your career. Did you love the fact that you didn't get time? No. Or did you hate the fact that you didn't get time? 
I didn't like it. Yeah, you didn't yeah. like it. Yeah. And you decided, I don't like it. I want to like this career. Mm-hmm. To do that, I need to flip this thing which I don't like. Mm-hmm. So what I focus on is that you have to identify what you hate mm-hmm. and then take a look at it and say you have two two options. Mm-hmm. Either you just complain and bitch about it like so many people we know yeah. or you do something about it. Yeah. Doing something about it means teaching people how to hate. Uh-huh. If I come and I say, I hate, Jesus Christ, let me think about something. If I hate, um, if I'm Palestinian mm-hmm. and I hate Israel or if I'm Israeli and I hate Palestine, why? That's the first thing. Why yeah. do you hate? That's it. Learn how to hate. Yeah. I hate them because they're building settlements. Mm-hmm. I hate them because they're terrorizing my people. Yeah. Both sides of the table. Okay, what are you going to do about it? I want to stop the settlements. Let's mm-hmm. take the Palestinian side. How are you going to stop the settlements? Why are the settlements still going on? Because there's too much support for them to do it. Nobody can stand in their way. Okay, so we need to develop a power to stand in their way. No power is going to stand against them. Mm -hmm. So I have to get enough power and sway within them Mm -hmm. for them to stop it. So I need to be able to reach out to them to do that. So I need to be an effective communicator. So therefore, I should... Now you're taking your hate and you're learning how to hate and how to oh, overcome. That's a good point. Okay, you know I like what I'm it. saying? Yeah, yeah. Same thing for the Israelis. Yeah. Why are these people blowing themselves up from Hamas or whatever? Yeah. Bec- why are they doing that? Because Hamas is popular there. Why is Hamas popular there? They're, they're a terrorist organization. In my eyes, as an Israeli, mm-hmm. they're a terrorist organization. How can I get them to understand they're not a terrorist organization? We have a miscommunication here. Maybe if I did this, maybe if I worked that, maybe if I. Now you're taking your hate and you're turning it into something good. Mm-hmm. I hate. That Trump won. I hate that Hillary won, mm-hmm. let's say, or that Hillary might win. Or yeah. How am I going to overcome that? How am I going to overcome the, the fact that my father voted for Trump? So basically the opposite is almost just giving up. Yeah. Yeah. But if I come and I say, oh, it's going to be fine. Love Trump's hate. No, it doesn't. Yeah. One man with a gun can control a crowd of a thousand people. Mm-hmm. That tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. You need to be ready for that. Yeah. You need to be ready to disarm the guy with the gun. Yeah. Not to look at him and open your yeah, arms. Yeah, and be like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm not saying don't turn the other cheek. Yeah. A lot of people say this. So, you know, that saying turn the other cheek, mm-hmm. uh, forgive those. Um, that's actually great advice because there's that's a different thing. That's called circle of violence. Yeah. When somebody messes up with you, mm-hmm. retaliating is just going to keep going back and forth and escalate out of control. Yeah. These are two separate things. Yeah. It's about understanding. It's kind of like like you know wushu or something where you take in what your opponent is throwing at you and use that momentum to throw it back at them. Mm-hmm. You have to absorb it. You have to accept it. You have to accept the fact that people hate. Mm-hmm. You have to accept the fact that there is hate in the world mm-hmm. and be okay with it. Yeah. It's okay to hate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's totally fine. It is totally acceptable for me to tell you right now that in Mississippi, uh-huh. there are people who hate black people. Yeah. This is not going to come as a shock to anyone. Yeah, no. And there are black people who hate white people in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Why? Maybe because of the way they hate black people. I could go into details yeah. all day, but what's important is that there is hate there. Yeah. What are we going to do about it? Just go and say you shouldn't hate. Yeah. The fuck have I just done? <laughs> you should love. Yeah. Just hold them. Just like, the stop fuck saying up. No. words. You're not even... <laughs> people are dying. Yeah. Syria. There are people dying mm-hmm. in Syria. And we're sitting here having meetings about how we should, you know, oh, send love and send your prayer. And mm-hmm. What are we going to... Do you hate the fact that people are dying in Syria? Mm-hmm. Do something about it. Yeah. So in my comedy, I say, when you, <laughs> when you see a four-year-old or a five-year-old, don't ask him, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. Because... He's a four-year. What is he? What, what is he or she going to yeah. say? I want to be an astronaut. Yeah. You're not going to be an astronaut. You're an Arab. They're never going to let a terrorist in space. That's what I say. <laughs> People laugh, but then I go ask them, "What do you hate?" Mm-hmm. And then this always happens. You'll have one person who's like, "No," like a parent. Yeah. And I'm like, "Why no?" Ask your kid, "What do they hate?" 
they're going to say one of two things. If they come and they say, they're probably going to say, I hate going to bed early. Yeah. If they come and they say, I hate the infidel America or something, well, then that's a good warning sign and maybe you should go yeah. and get them checked out. <laughs> exactly. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's true. But I'm like, what are they going to say? They hate going to bed early. Mm -hmm. Well, you live in my house, but I don't want to go to bed early. Well, you're going to need your own house. Yeah. How do I get my own house? Well, you're going to need a job. How do I get a job? Right now, we're functioning and using this hate to get this kid into a great place. Mm -hmm. Embrace the hate. Mm -hmm. Let there be hate. It's totally acceptable. Humans hate. Yeah. Stop acting like it's this negative, terrible thing. Mm -hmm. People go to the gym and get in great shape because they hate their bodies. People go like, yeah, dude, yeah. I was fat as fuck. I hated it. So I went to the gym. I got books. I researched it. I got yeah. into amazing shape. And then yeah. when I did, I decided to get fat again. <laughs> and I had so much fun. Yeah. And I didn't hate myself. <laughs> because I, I did it on purpose. It was Because I did it on purpose and I knew how to get out of it. Yeah. So I had the answer. Yeah, like I, I just, just hated the fact that I didn't stand on steady ground. I didn't know the solution to my problem. Mm -hmm. I found the solution to my problem. I was like, great, now I can eat donuts again. Yeah. And then I went. That's <laughs> <laughs> just about the power of knowing what it's you can just, do. Just you hate. like to take everything in your own hands. But before then, every time I'd be like, I hate that I'm fat. If somebody comes up into me, no, you should love yourself and you should yeah. love your body. No, you shouldn't. You should hate your body. You have a disgusting body. <laughs> You're overweight. You have a higher risk of heart failure. Yeah. This is not something good. Yeah. But if you tell me I'm fat and I love it, fucking high five because yeah. I'm not that fat, but a bit chubby, overweight. But I love it too. <laughs> Maybe we can relate, but we both love donuts. Let's go. Yeah. But I'm not going to go to somebody who tells me I hate that I'm fat or mm -hmm. I hate something and tell them, Oh, you shouldn't hate. You yeah. should love. No, you should hate. Yeah, if you're unhappy with if it. If you're unhappy, you're unhappy. Yeah. No amount of self-acceptance mm -hmm. is going to get over that. Wh what I'm going to ask the fat person I is hate when people complain about their reality but do nothing about it. Like excuses are my yeah. the bane of my existence. Yeah. The bane of my Oh, I would have been so successful but the, um, Okay. <laughs> there's no I feel like an Arab parent whenever somebody comes up to me and gives me excuses. I'm like, I built a comedy scene during uh, you know, war and stuff. Yeah. What's your excuse yeah, again? Exactly. I'm and sorry you you're not getting shows. Like uh, I had know, to make I had shows to kind of, in the middle you know, there was, there was a we did it in an underground shelter because yeah. there was a bombing outside. But yeah. no, please tell me about yeah, how difficult it is to get a spot again <laughs> when there's hundreds of comedians who succeed and and actually support you and there's an industry mm -hmm. and uh, and and people don't look at you and try to kill your family yeah. as a result of your jokes. But please Tell me Tell about me your more. life Tell and your hardship. More. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just like those little things is where I'm like the father. It's like I used to, to tell a joke. But that kind of stuff drives me crazy. Yep. I hate I, I I honestly I hate victimy people. I cannot handle it unless you truly have been through something terrible. But if you're just like I don't know why I'm not Plus, doing better. Do you know it's like I don't know. Maybe be better. I don't like Rachel. Work, work it is harder. the worst thing when somebody tells you how traumatized they are by something, and they're clearly yeah. traumatized. But, but it's, it's clearly so not traumatizing. Yeah. There's what so you. I don't. I don't get it. A guy. He didn't text you back. Didn't oh, text you wow. back. Like, and you're. And this is the end of the world. That's yeah. your threshold. That's yeah. where it ends. Or you sat on the tarmac. You need to go get medicated now. Your I plane got canceled, and it ended everything. <laughs> That's how fragile yeah. your existence is. That little thing yeah. just ruined everything. So Trump true. got elected, and you can't go to school. You have to have a crying group. You have to have crying group. Do you know that they had those? They had safe, yes. safe areas on campus. What would have happened? If somebody killed your uncle or something, like, people. in the family, like, yeah. what? <laughs> just want to go, just, you're an like, idiot. toughen the fuck up, because yeah. I live in a world, this is in my last special, what I was doing with Perspective, where a guy could own a factory mm -hmm. with 300 employees in Syria on a Tuesday. Yeah. And then a month later, on a Tuesday, could be making Subway sandwiches in Escondido, yeah. in, like, Cal in San Diego or whatever. That's, like, yeah. that's the reality I know. Yeah. But your reality is so sheltered <laughs> that for you... In, in a cataclysmic nuclear level event mm -hmm. is that the dude you didn't want to win won. <laughs> Holy shit. You are not ready for what's coming. Yeah, cool. Like it's, this it is gets, not a good sign. No. You had Italian parents, so mm -hmm. I know that you're set. 
Yeah. But I've met like American parents, who American kids who've had American parents who read books mm-hmm. uh, to learn how to bring them up. These mm-hmm. are the worst people. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Don't read books. Ask yeah. your parents how to do it because they're going to give you terrible advice mm-hmm. and you should follow it because it works. Learn from it. My, my grandmother was like, if you're tired of your baby crying, just put some whiskey on your finger. <laughs> I know people like that. And rub it on the Make kid, him pass out a little the bit. The kid's gum. Yeah. Because <laughs> my mom was like, you were so good with Nimmer. He never mm-hmm. used to cry. She's like, I just used to give him half a sleeping pill or something. <laughs> Horrible. This is horrendous. <laughs> this is the half worst thing. But these are the same people that when the principal in my school in San Diego told my dad that I needed Ritalin, mm-hmm. my dad said, I'm not going to give my kid. I'm never going to medicate my kid because mm-hmm. he needs to learn self-discipline. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, how's he going to learn self-discipline? If he has hyperactivity, my dad said, I'll just beat it out of him. (laughs) (laughs) And he proceeded. (laughs) Was it abuse? I was never abused. He was just. You're like, I deserved it. (laughs) One or two good smackings. And then ever since then, my dad would look at me and I would shit my (laughs) pants. But guess what? I never got on Ritalin. Yeah. I'm not addicted to medications Mm -hmm. or opiates. I don't need something to function. I don't need a cup of coffee or I'm going to die. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's because my dad beat beat me. (laughs) I'm saying it's because my dad didn't put me on Ritalin. Yeah. What he did afterwards. Yeah. Maybe there's a better approach. But hey, halfway there. Well, they didn't baby you. No, they didn't. People that are babied are not are, are not gonna, prepared look, for life. You're gonna get fired from your job. What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Cry about it? You got you do. You're gonna get end up homeless if you're yeah. like that. It's almost like when you take too many antibiotics, your immune system doesn't work as well. When you baby someone too much, they don't right? know how to handle real life. So everything is a huge deal. One hundred percent. And yeah. I'm the kind of guy who's like, you say antibiotics are bad. Stop babying yourself. Take antibiotics. So yeah. there's also different perspectives. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying in general. <laughs> I know what you're like, saying is right. Yeah. But I'm the kind of guy who's like, you have a cold, you should take an antibiotic. Yeah. So I'm like the guy who goes nuclear yeah. on every option. Well, yeah, if you're sick, go to the doctor. Don't complain about it. Don't just No, if you're sick, take antibiotics. That's yeah. what I say. You got a headache, you need some antibiotics. <laughs> and everyone's like, you shouldn't take an antibiotic. I'm like, listen. You're like a paranoid. You can, like I can assure mom. you that you will annihilate whatever's going on it with d- an antibiotic. Works. Yeah. I mean, yes. what it's designed And then they for. go, but if it's too often. Then it'll be build resistance. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's the medical community's problem. <laughs> 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 right now there's them. a solution. Yeah. And I'm 100% wrong. <laughs> there's nothing. What I just told you is the worst thing, but it's what I believe. Well, but eventually maybe. And I'm going to teach my kid that. And it's going to have horrible results. Yes, yeah, it's not a good. Yeah. It's going to be terrible. And, and they're going to grow up probably telling their kids that my father was a great guy, but. He was such an idiot when he came to antibiotics. So they're going to do Everyone a better job. Everyone has a scary story about their parents. Like, yeah. They were great, but they really, like, yeah. They, they, they dropped the ball here. Yeah, yeah. They didn't do a good job they on They didn't this. do a good job here. I remember, like, my dad advised me once on, the, like, I was dating this girl. And he gave mm-hmm. me advice on something to do. Like, mm-hmm. to like don't take her here, take her. It was the worst <laughs> advice I ever got. And I, and, and I ended up <laughs> never, no, I wasn't getting married or anything. It just, it never worked out with this girl. Yeah. She was so hot. Yeah. And I had to, and she, we were in and college. I had it. to see her all the time. And I couldn't. Never date her. And I was like, that's because of my dad. Yeah. But all it taught me was sometimes you don't listen to your dad. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not sure I would take dating advice from my parents. No, but at the time. Just be really nice. My dad, my dad like went all the way. Super nice. Like, he, yeah. like in my head, I was like, my dad went so far. He got married and had a family. So obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously he, he knows, knows what he's doing. Yeah. What he's doing. This yeah. guy's the man. <laughs> I'm so stupid. It was a simpler time. I, then I realized that maybe it doesn't apply 35 yeah, years later. Yeah, a little different. A little different. You know, yeah. when I was with your mom and there was six other guys in the village. <laughs> she had to choose me. <laughs> I, you know. There was a war approaching. She wanted to get she married. She wanted to get married. Maybe she was going to die. <laughs> that doesn't well, my apply mom's now. case, it was almost the other way around. But yeah, something like that. That's so funny. Well, I've, it's been so much fun talking to you. This Thank has you been one of the funnest podcasts I've been on. Thank you for 45 having me. 45 minutes out of your way to come here. 
I'm Lebanese. This is yeah. a. This yeah, is you're, a like, it's, it's you're like I walked. I walked. <laughs> I walked to school. There were no <laughs> bombs on the way. It was a nice drive. <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> nobody died. It was very <laughs> fruitful. <laughs> so funny. Uh, we'll tell everyone where they can here. find you. Uh, in the look to the heavens. <laughs> um, in there, N E M R Comedy dot com. Is that what? What's your like Twitter and Instagram and stuff? N E M R Comedy for everything. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. Awesome. Instagram, Facebook. If you go to the website, all the links are there, mm-hmm. but nobody does that. So if you go to Facebook, Twitter, I swear to God, I can't believe I I paid money to have a website. But if you go to any I social don't, network, don't goes to mine either. Whatsoever. Just put Nimmer Comedy on there. YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Perfect. Facebook. And buy tickets for his shows. He's not going to send a yes. car, give you a personal phone call. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. If I become super rich, I'll be doing that, like, for sure. <laughs> Come to my show. I give you a car. I take care of you. It costs a lot of good. money. It's very good. Come over. That'd be fun. I'll I even change my accent. I would go. When I make those calls. Even if the person wasn't funny, I would be like. Well, yeah, I'll definitely go. It's sure. a free. Yeah, this guy. I'll go anywhere for, like, for a, a free appetizer right? and a cocktail. Let <laughs> so, alone, alone a free show. I, this, is, that, this is literally, I, I, on, I honestly have a publicist so I can go to events and eat and drink for free. I mean, it actually cancels out completely because. I have a cousin for that. <laughs> so we all have, <laughs> I have a cousin who's a DJ who knows a guy who has a dude. Perfect. We Those all have like our people, yeah. you know, and I probably paid more to the cousin than you have to the publicist <laughs> in favors over the years but he doesn't even get anything that great you're just like I no guess just they're at this point in time yeah. i'm more powerful than him and i can do better for him you still pay him for but it. he's still the dude <laughs> that i go to I'm like yo can you get me a reservation at this place which i could call and they would give me a he's better like, table. it'll cost you a hundred dollars i'm like oh okay sure oh, they don't do it like that they're much wiser they'll just call you like a while later oh you know i have a wedding <laughs> for a friend could you come and uh you know do, you call do 45 you? minutes for me Oh my god! Nobody I know talks like that, by yeah. the way. But it just—I hope that I, I think every time somebody asks a favor, they should put that voice on, even yeah. in America. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, even if it's like Larry from Omaha. Yeah. He should be like, you know, I was calling the other day, <laughs> and I wanted to tell you that maybe <laughs> could so you come and help me move my furniture? I gotta get that accent. I will down. feed you peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, that's not worth it. <laughs> you see, but in the Middle East where but there's you're, war. But it convinced me. I was like, oh, but he said it in such a nice such way. An, the accent was yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I guess I, sh- yeah, I guess I should. That's the accent of a guy who's been through so much that peanut butter and jelly means something. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't disrespect him. No, I can't. Yeah. He has peanut butter and jelly. Back back in my day, we only had the peanut. <laughs> <laughs> we would put it no in between butter, the sandwich. No jelly, <laughs> just the peanut. We would smash peanut. it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and we would bake it butter in our teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some weird ass story. <laughs> <laughs> then I would spit it on bread, <laughs> and then we and would give, give it to my wife. <laughs> give it to my wife because she's more important <laughs> than me. That's why I have small feet. Like a <laughs> weird, just a weird, a weird surly weird so guilt trip that brings everybody <laughs> yeah. in board. You're just like, oh, you loved your mother yeah. more than me. Well, guess why I have small feet? Because <laughs> I fed her so that you could love her more than me. But please, please love her, her more than yeah. me. I don't mind. It's okay because I, what am I at the end? I am an empty vessel for you to exist and have fun. Go have fun. Go with your friends. Go play. You're no, no, it's okay. Martyrs. Go. <laughs> I can't wait to have kids. So I'm going to ruin gonna their lives. Them. I'm going to ruin their lives. So funny. Well, thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right, bye. bye. <laughs>